0: Pastor Varun and Pastor Da Lahaprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church, Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's dynamic teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ.
1: Today I would like to teach about fasting and prayer. And I would like to really review the subject of prayer a little bit that you learned from the camp a year ago. Let me read James chapter 5, verses 13 to 18. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. And let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith, everyone say the prayer of faith. Faith. Play a big part in prayer. Okay, will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. You can see here that if you have problem or trouble, you should pray yourself first. Don't put responsibility to other people. That's why it's so important for all of us to know how to pray effectively. I believe that if we pray properly and biblically, in the biblical way, our prayer will be effective and we're going to see the result. Look at Elijah. The Bible says Elijah was a man like us, a, a human being like us. He has the flesh, he was hungry, he was tired, and he has emotion like all of us. Sometimes he can get discouraged like us. But when he prayed with faith, by faith, the atmosphere in the world changed. How many people believe that prayer can change the circumstances on earth here? Amen. I believe that prayer can change the economy in your house. Amen. The situation in your home can be changed. Amen. I remember one time we prayed for people who has debt, and a lady stood up, and we prayed that the debt would be canceled. A few months later, she told me that her name and the system in that bank is gone, so her debt just disappeared from her. You see, pray with faith. Can change the circumstances in our life. Amen. So that's why I want to encourage all of you to go to get the CD series called Touching Heaven and Changing Earth to learn more about prayer. And we will continue to teach more about prayer. The Bible said confess to one another therefore your fault and pray for one another so that you may be healed. And the earnest heartfelt continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power. Everyone say tremendous power. When we pray earnestly, by faith, power from heaven come down to change the situation on earth here. So we believe in the effectiveness of prayer. What is prayer? Prayer is communion with God. Prayer is fellowshipping with God. And we are talking to somebody who knows everything about everything. He has the, all the answers for everything in your life. So let me ask you this question. When you pray, Should you do more of the talking or listening? You are talking to God who knows everything about everything and has all the answers for everything. So who should talk more, you or God? God should talk more. A lot of people pray by just keep talking, 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 talking. But never sit down and really listen to God, read the Bible and listen to the Holy Spirit. Prayer is more on the listening side than just talking side. Amen. God needs to speak to you too. Jesus taught us how to pray effectively. And one of the ways to pray effectively is to pray with love. If you have grudges against your wife, your husband, your relative, your friend, your prayer will not be effective. God says, forgive other people, and then you will be forgiven. And your prayer is going to be answered. So the first thing that we learn is that we need to pray in love. And not only that, we pray by faith. When we pray, we need to have faith. Without faith, nothing's going to happen. We need to pray by faith. The Bible also teaches that there is a time of praying and there is a time of saying. Listen carefully. Sometimes we pray and ask the blessing from God, but sometimes we say or we speak to the situation, I don't pray that God will heal my sickness, but I say and speak to my sickness that is in my body, to command it to go away, using the authority of the name of Jesus to command it to go away from my life. Every morning, I would say like this, in the name of Jesus, sickness cannot touch my body, sickness cannot touch my family, and in this church. I say it. The Bible says that if you have faith, and say to that mountain, and have no doubt in your heart, and you believe that what you say shall be answered, it shall happen to you. So everyone say, there's a time of praying, and it's a time of saying, in the name of Jesus. Amen. So you go back to get all those CD and listen in detail. Amen. Let's look at today another subject of prayer and fasting. Today we're going to talk about fasting. Very, very famous subject for all of you. How many people love to fast? Stay out from food. Okay. Mark chapter 9, verse 28. The Bible says, and when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? This situation happened at that time when Jesus went up to the mountain. And while he was up there in the mountain, he was transfigured. A man brought a son, a young son, who was tortured by a demon or an evil spirit. Make him become mute and deaf, and also threw him on the ground with convulsion or seizure. This son suffered since he was really young by this demonic power or activity or oppression. So he brought his son to the disciple, and the disciple did all kinds of things, you know, t- took uh, all the motions, how to cast out demons. But the demon did not come out from the young man. You need to understand. That in, this is in Mark chapter 9. If you read Mark chapter 6, a few chapters before, Jesus already gave the authority to his disciples. And he told them that you can go out and you have authority over all the demonic power. You can cast out all the demons and you can heal all manners of sickness. And they did. They went out and they cast out demons and they healed the sick. In Luke chapter 10 verse 17, they came back and said, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. They came back rejoicing that they saw the sick healed in the name of Jesus. They saw demons came out from people in the name of Jesus. But what happened to this case? The man brought this young son to the disciple and nothing happened. The demon did not come out, but when Jesus came, show up in the scene. Jesus came down from the mountain and Jesus saw this man, this father and said, what happened? He said, have mercy on me. My son has been very sick, being mute, being deaf, and also has seizures all the time. Demon almost killed him so many times. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and the demon threw him to the ground, looked like a dead man. And after that, the demon left. And the man was totally healed at that moment. Jesus exercised his authority to cast out demons at that time. And the young man was delivered. Before I go on to preach about fasting, I want to explain something about this story a little bit. If you come to the prayer line in the church or go to any holy man or preacher who is so anointed, he lay hand on you and you don't get delivered? demon did not come out, or you don't get healed, it doesn't mean that it's not God's will for you to be healed. It doesn't mean that it's not God's will to be delivered. It's perfect will of God for everybody to be healed from sickness. It's perfect will of God for everybody to be delivered from demonic power. When a man like me or any preacher fails to help you to receive deliverance or healing, it doesn't mean that it's not God's will. Because sometimes it's a problem with the preacher. Because the preacher doesn't have enough faith. Maybe lack sleep last night. Maybe you yourself don't have enough faith. So don't blame God that nothing happened. Instead, we should press in. Press in and build our faith. Faith is the key to receive deliverance from God. Faith is the key to receive miracles from God. Faith is the key to receive supernatural healing from God. I read again one more time in Mark chapter 9 verse 28. All the disciple came to him and when he had come into the house the disciple asked him privately, "Why could we not cast it out?" Is a good question. We know it's God's will for people to be delivered from demons. Look at another book in the Bible, the answer in Matthew chapter 17, 18 to 20. The same event happened and this is the answer. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was killed from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief. For surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. The disciple asked Jesus, why couldn't we cast out demons? We went through all the motions and nothing happened. And Jesus answered, because of your unbelief. My dear brother and sister, because of our unbelief, we did not see what we could have seen. We did not receive what we could have received but because of our unbelief. It's not God's problem, it's our problem. You see? So many times we blame other people, we blame the preacher, we blame God, we blame the situation, but we forget to build our own faith. We forget to do our own homework to build our faith. And the Bible says faith comes from two sources. Number one, comes by hearing and hearing of the Word of God. Amen? If you hear the Word of God all the time, you read the Word of God, you read it out loud. Lately, when I read the Bible, I, will, I, will, I just told Pastor Dad this morning that I will find the Scripture of the promise of God and I will type in my computer. I collected all the promises of God for myself so that I can read again and again out loud toward myself and build up my faith. That's the first source. Can I ask you a question? Can we hear the Word of God too much? Can we listen to the teaching too much? Can we have too much faith? No. We need to hear the Word of God all the time and we should have more and more faith. And the second thing that can cause us to have more faith is the fullness of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who brings the faith of God into our life. So if we get both the Word and the Spirit fully, we're going to be people of faith. And whatever we pray, we're going to see the answer. And whatever we command, is going to happen because we command by faith and we pray by faith. Amen. Matthew 17 21 say, okay, now look at what Jesus say about fasting. However, this kind, everyone say this kind. Okay, I will explain later on what does it mean, this kind. This kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Jesus tried to give them a Good principle here that in a certain situation, prayer is not enough. You need to fast as well. And the devil always tries to tell you that you don't have enough faith to get anything done. You need to have huge faith. Actually, the Bible says only mustard seed faith. The faith of a mustard seed. Don't listen to the devil. You just have to mix your prayer. You need to mix your word with faith. Whatever you say, Mix with faith. I came to pray yesterday at the church on Saturday. And while I was praying, God remind me, don't just say the word, mix with faith, mix with faith. Because if you just blow out the word and just throw in the air, but without faith, nothing going to happen. You need to mix everything you say with faith. Even the faith as a mustard seed, it will produce fruit. Amen. Hallelujah. And if you mix the faith with your word, then you're going to see the power of God moving in the world. Everyone say faith. Faith. Move the hand hand of of God. Release the power of God. Amen. Look at what the Bible say in Mark chapter 11, 23 to 24. For actually I say to you, whoever say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever He says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe, I mean mix with faith, that you receive them and you will have them. You can see Jesus say again and again how important faith is. Therefore, I want to encourage you to listen to the Word of God all the time. Amen. I get into the podcast Download the sermon, get CD, listen in the car, don't waste your time. Listen to the Word of God. The more you listen, the more faith you will have. And not only that, get into the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Look at Mark chapter 9, verse 29. So he said to them, This kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. From now on, I'm going to read a few passages of the Scripture. I'm going to read some Scripture to show you that all the Godly men and women in the Bible really fasted and prayed. Fasting and praying are the lifestyle of the godly people in the Bible. Look at Daniel chapter 9. When Daniel was seeking the answer of revelation from heaven, what did he do? Then I set my face toward the Lord God to make requests by prayer and supplications with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. He set his face toward God, to seek God by praying and fasting. Look at a prophetess in the Bible in Luke chapter 2 who met Jesus at the temple. Verses 36 to 37. Now there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age. She had lived with her husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years, who did not depart from the temple, but served God with fasting and prayers night and day. This woman prayed a lot and fasted a lot. And God used her as a prophetess. Look at another person in the Bible, in the book of Acts. This man was a Gentile. He did not know God. He wanted salvation and revival in his household. What did he do? There was a certain man in Caesarea, Acts chapter 10 called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian Regiment, a devout man and one who feared God with all his household. He did not know Jesus yet at that time. He just wanted to know God, who gave alms generously to the people. If you want God to answer your prayer, you need to fear God, you need to be generous, give to the poor, and pray to God always. And look at what the Bible says. So Cornelius said in verse 30, 4 days ago I was fasting until this hour and at the night hour I pray in my house and behold a man stood before me in bright clothing God sent an angel to visit Cornelius because he was fasting and praying The visitation of God came into the house because he was not a man of canality; he was a man that seek God and always praying and Fasting toward God. Do you see how important fasting and praying? Look at Acts chapter 13, what happened in the early church when they wanted to seek the direction from God. Did they have a feast? Did they just enjoy eating and have fun? No, they were fasting and praying. Now in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers. Barnabas Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, "Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them." Then they fasted and prayed, and they get the direction from God that they need to send Barnabas and Paul out as an apostle. After that, having fasted and prayer and laid hands on them, they sent them away. So before even they lay hand on Paul and Barnabas, they fasted and prayed again. So you can say that fasting and praying is a lifestyle of the disciple of the early church. In Acts chapter 14, before the disciple appointed somebody to be elder, what did they do? They prayed and fasted. And when they had preached the gospel to that city and made many disciples, they returned to Ristra, Iconium, and Antioch. Strengthening the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith and saying, We must, through many tribulations, enter the kingdom of God. So when they had appointed elders in every church and prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord in whom they had believed. You can see again, praying and fasting is a lifestyle of the early church disciple, And it should be the lifestyle of the church today. Amen? We should fast and pray as a lifestyle. What does it mean, fasting? Fasting means to abstain particularly from food. But in fact, fasting is bigger than area than food. Some of you, food may be important to you. Then you should fast food. But some of you, food is not important. You eat only one meal a day. Like me, food is not important. I don't care much about eating. That's why I look thin. But something else is important for me. So if those things are important to me, to my flesh, I need to fast those things. Amen? Pastor Da's smiling. She knows what it is. You can fast <laughs> computer. I like to sit down in front of computer and do the work, with, <laughs> doing the work all the time. They just get on the computer too much. Some of you may like to play internet. Maybe computer game is something that you need to fast. Maybe some of you coffee. Some of you may be sleeping. You sleep too much, and you need to fast sleeping. But the Bible talks about food in those days, in the time of Jesus. And I think fasting food is still okay today. But at the time of Jesus, they don't have TV. They don't have computer. They don't have any computer game. They don't have iPhone to play with. Some people like to play with iPhone all day long. Just sit and play iPhone. Some people like to just go into internet and just play on the internet, just download and upload and Facebook all day long. But God said that you need to fast those things or abstain from those things. There are three reasons that I tell you today why we need to fast and pray. Amen. Some people misunderstand that fasting and prayer chase the enemy away. They think that fasting will make them become more powerful. No. No. They think that fasting and prayer make them have more authority. No, because the authority that you have is in the name of Jesus Christ, not in your fasting. Some people think that fasting makes you more powerful, more anointed. No, fasting doesn't make you more anointed because the anointing comes from the Holy Spirit. Your fasting doesn't change the Holy Spirit. Fasting doesn't change the authority of the name of Jesus Christ. But what does fasting do? It's a good question. Fasting doesn't change God, doesn't change the Holy Spirit, and doesn't change the name of Jesus. But fasting changes you and me. Fasting affects us more than anyone else, the person who fasts. And I will tell you why we need to fast. A lot of people try to fast in order to prove something. You know, I'm a spiritual man. I want to prove that I am very spiritual. I can fast for 40 days until they get sick. They fast until they get sick in order just to prove that they can fast for 40 days. In fact, fasting for 40 days is rare in the Bible. Only Moses fasted 40 days in the mountain. Jesus fasted 40 days. But they did not fast 40 days in order to prove that they are spiritual people. There was a reason that they fasted for 40 days. Fasting is not to prove something. But it's to break your flesh. It's for yourself. It's for your own goodness. In other words, fasting means is to abstain yourself and myself from doing something so that we can have more time and more concentration to do something else is more important and fully. Abstaining ourselves from doing something else. Amen? How many people believe that in order to eat one meal, it's a lot of work? If you have to cook, you have to go out, buy grocery, come back and cook. After you cook, you eat another half an hour. After that, you need to clean up, wash dishes. And after that, you get full and you fall asleep, you sleep another hour just to digest your food. So if only, or if you say, I don't cook, I don't know how to cook, you have to drive out to the restaurant, sit there, and then order food, eat, and come home, and then you get tired. So you spend at least two hours, just to get one meal. And God said that if you can fast one meal, you have two hours to spend with me. So the first reason that we fast is to abstain from spending time from eating and spending time communion with God. Everyone say, spending time with God. A lot of people just fast but never spend time with God. They just fast so that their shape will look better. They just fast In the church, and they say, oh, you know, I fast three days, Wednesday to Friday, but they never pray throughout the three days. They never spend time with God. They just fast just for the sake of fasting in the church, because it's a rule in the church, we have to fast, yeah, we fast. No, no, the first reason we fast is to spend time communion with God. Instead of eating, cooking, cleaning up, we spend time with God. How many people agree in this room that we are living in a very busy society? Go, 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 No time even for yourself. And how are you going to have time for God if you have to eat too? So you have to abstain yourself from computers sometime, from internet, from eating, from maybe some of you, fasting means less time or maybe stop calling your girlfriend for three days because you spend time with your girlfriend and boyfriend too much. You just talk on the phone and you never have time to pray. God said you need to abstain from those things. Fasting affects you and me the most. What does it mean? It means that you are yielding to your flesh to God. Abstaining something that will please your flesh. And then you are able to develop the ability to yield to Him and work with Him. The most important enemy in your life is not the devil. Is your own flesh. I'm serious. Don't blame the enemy all the time. Don't blame the devil. Don't blame the pastor. It's your own flesh that you don't want to spend time listening to the word of God and pray and read the Bible. It's your own flesh. So let me say it this way. Why Jesus? Jesus said that this kind except through prayer and fasting? What does it mean? It means that. If you live in carnality, you please your stomach all the time, you please your flesh all the time, you live in carnality. You don't care much about God, but when you pray by faith, you're going to see some result to a certain degree because God promised you that if you want to see the result, you can pray by faith. But if you live in carnality, you live your life to please your flesh all the time, you will never see greater things that you should have seen in other words, God tried to say, this kind I means certain issue in your life. If you want to see a miracle, you need to get serious with God. Fasting is a sign of taking serious with God that I cannot deny my flesh. I'm going to crucify my flesh and seek God's will 100%. I'm going to deny my own way of doing things and seek God's direction and be close to God and spending time communion with God. As Christians, we can see some result. But do you want to see greater result? You want to see the greater miracle in your family, for your kids, for your finances, for your ministry, for even yourself? You want to see a greater miracle in your life? You need to take serious. You need to learn how to fast and pray. So this week we learned that the first reason of fasting and prayer is to abstaining from something you like so that you have time to commune with God. Next week, three days, you fast, not just to prove that you can fast, not just to prove that you are spiritual, but you fast so that you can have more time seeking God, praying to God, your nose on the carpet in your house, praying to God and seeking the Lord. Spending time praying for the nation, for this nation. Spending time praying for the election of the country, of this nation. Spending time praying for your mom and dad who have not been saved. Spending time with God. Praying for the church. Praying for the leadership in the church. Praying for your own life. Praying for your own kids that they will be saved. Amen? Can we do that? We should do that every week. Maybe one day a week we should fast and pray. Personally, each everyone spend time instead of eating lunch in your office. You say, today I'm not going to eat lunch in my office today. I'm going to lock the door of my office, close the door, and I'm going to spend that one hour to pray to God instead of eating lunch. Some of you may be fasting food that hour, for, for but you spend time playing computer. And you don't spend time with God. You just... Keep doing the computer, answer the email, pull up your palm, and play like this all day long. You never have time to spend with God. And that's why you see limited miracle in your life. Because you don't get serious enough. Amen? Everyone say, abstaining, Abstaining. food, Food. And and anything that I like to do. So that I can have time for God. Communing with God. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your love and your mercy to teach us about fasting and prayer. Father, please, Lord, speak into the hearts of your people in this church to take serious about prayer and fasting. Father, we believe, Lord, that this is beneficial to themselves. And they can, Lord, come closer to you and spending time with you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We believe, Lord, that the teaching today will be imprinted into their heart. And they will begin to practice it, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen.
0: We trust this message has ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching series, please contact us at 206-275-1042 or visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.org. You may also write to us at the following address, New Hope International Church, 9170 Southeast 64th Street, Mercer Island, Washington 98040. Thank you very much.
1: I know that this is a very popular subject when we talk about fasting. Everyone have the ear up and say, I want to learn more about fasting. It's good. And many of you may say, right away, when I say, oh, I'm going to talk about fasting and prayer and try to finish it, which is going to be a short sermon because I already did 60% of them. And you may say like this in your heart that, oh, it's not about me because I will never fast. I don't like fasting. It's really, really suffering. So pastor, I'm going to doze off. I'm going to doze off and just forget about what you're going to say. But I want to tell you right now, this is not about only fasting and prayer, but the content of this sermon will be more than just fasting and prayer. I want you to listen carefully, because if you can really grab a hold of what I say today, your life will never be the same. It's interesting that Jesus said many times in the Bible, He who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit say to the church. In other words, a lot of people have ear and sit in the church, but their mind doors off to somewhere, or they may hear in one ear and go out the other ear. This is what I practice all these years of being a Christian. Since the first day I became a Christian, I go to any Bible study, or I listen to any sermon, even Pastor Cesar preached, Pastor Tyson preached, even Dwayne preached. I will really open my spiritual ear and listen carefully and let it sink into my heart. And another scripture says like this, if you love me, you obey my commands. Amen. The sign of loving God is not just doing the ministry. It's not just running around doing things, but it's to obey everything He says in the Bible. That's the way you show love to God, is to obey God. And God said that you obey me, my Father will make home in your life, in other words, He's going to be with you. He's going to go everywhere with you. One day God gives me the picture like this. Many of you did not grow up in the country that you have a king. I grew up in Thailand and we have a king. Can you imagine if the king come into your house and stay with you all the time? He loves you. He like to hang out with you. A king of a country hang out with you. What's going to happen? The soldiers going to be around your house. Is that right? A lot of servants are going to come. And whenever you want to eat dinner, He's not going to let you eat bad food. He's going to eat the best food. Everywhere you go, you're going to get a special jet, go with the king. So in other words, God tried to say that if you love Him and obey His commands, you're going to have a supernatural life. The favor of God, the presence of God is going to be with you. You're going to be different from people in the society. And that's what happened to me and Pastor Dar. I obeyed God all these years. And I can see the favor and the grace of God in my life. Yesterday, we have 15 people baptized in water in Cholai area. And when I listened to the testimony, how these people come into the church and they get blessed by God, I cried in that place. I really, my tears come out because God reminded me of 20 years ago when God called me to start this church. And I say no, 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 I don't want to start a church. But I decided to obey God. And all these 20 years, I decided to continue to obey the Lord, to serve Him in the church. And I can see obedience bring the presence of God. God's favor is upon my life with Pastor Dar and my family because we decided to love God and obey God in everything He said. Amen? Everything He said, we obey. Even though we don't agree, even though we may not like it, but obedience and submission is not about agree in, a, in agreement or not, but it's about just yield to the Lord and obey the Lord. So today, I would like to review a little bit what we teach last time. I'd like to read this story, the scripture in the Bible that talk about fasting and prayer. In Mark chapter 9, 14 to 29, and when he came to the disciple, he saw a great multitude around them and scribes disputing with them. Immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him, greeting him. And he asked the scribes, What are you discussing with them? Then one of the crowd answered and said, Teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And wherever it seizes him, it throws him down, and he foams at his mouth. Natches his teeth and becomes rigid. So I spoke to you, disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. He answered him and said, Oh, faithless generation. You notice the word faithless generation. No faith. How long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. I believe that Jesus has spoken to many of us in our spirit many times. Oh, faithless generation. How long am I going to bear with you? Then they brought him to him. And when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And listen carefully, this is what Jesus said. Jesus said to him, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. From this time on, I'm going to preach more about faith because I noticed that a lot of symptoms in our church, a lot of things that happen in our church, either personally or as a church level, come from being faithless. No faith. People who have no faith and have a lot of doubt will have a lot of symptoms complaining or just angry all the time, upset all the time, instead of being peaceful and trust God and just be happy and rejoicing. So we can see that Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. A lot of things happen when we believe. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Crying out to God, help me in my unbelief.' When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, "'Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more.' Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly and came out of him, and he became as one dead. So that many said, he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose, and when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? So he said to them, This kind, everyone said, this kind, yes. can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Last time we learned that fasting means to abstain from food. But when we talk about fasting or abstaining from something, we're also talking about abstaining from other things too. And I mentioned last two Sundays ago that, why we fast? We fast because we want to abstain from doing something that is less important to do something else that is more important. We spend a lot of time cooking, eating, cleaning up, and then after that, our stomach is full, we need to rest a little bit. So for eating alone, we spend a lot, at least my wife cook a lot, a lot to feed people in the church. And she said that each time she cooked, is about two hours just to cook. And then to clean up another hour. So all together, eating, cleaning, everything, about four hours. Just to have one dinner. But if we fast, we abstain from eating for one meal. We can have four hours to pray and to seek God. Everyone say abstaining from something less important. To do something else more important. What is more important? to spend time with the Lord. So that's why the Bible says fasting and prayer. The Bible did not say fasting and sleep. A lot of times we just fast and sleep. We don't pray. But the Bible never says just fasting alone. Fasting and commune with God so that we can draw the power and the strength from God. Amen? Let me ask this question. Will your fasting and prayer make you more powerful? Make you have more authority? The answer, no. Authority is not in your fasting. Power is not in your fasting. Power is in the Holy Spirit. Authority is in the name of Jesus Christ. Your fasting will not change the authority of the name of Jesus. Your fasting will not change the power of the Holy Spirit. So why be fast then? Not only to spend time with God more, But we fast so that it will affect us. Everyone say, we We. Uh, are the one who affected the most. Fasting affects us the most. Amen. So it doesn't affect the power of God. It doesn't affect the name of Jesus, the authority of God. But the main issue is you and me when we fast. It will change us first. So the important factor of fasting is we. Not God. You don't change God by fasting. You don't fast. It's just to prove that you are spiritual. You don't fast to chase the devil away. You fast to do what? To really die to your flesh. You learn how to submit yourself to God and to die to the flesh. My dear brother and sister, I feel that this sermon is not just about fasting but it's about the flesh, about the sinful nature. One of the reasons I want to tell you this, this is so important. If you want God to do something great in your life, the, the Bible say this kind, it means that as a carnal Christian, a Christian who just lives carnally, just go by the flesh all the time. If you pray by faith, you can see miracles to a certain degree. But when you want to see a greater miracle, at the higher degree, you need to take serious about dying to the flesh. Jesus said, this kind, the miracle of the greater degree, we need to die to the flesh. That's one reason God wanted to fast. Another thing is that I was a Buddhist, and I turned to be Christian. And when I came to America, I was shocked when I was working at Harbourville Hospital because I see a lot of non-Christians, doctors and nurses, curse God and talk bad about church. And I was so hurt when I heard that people really talk bad about Jesus Christ. Later on, I learned that. The reason people don't want to have anything to do with God because a lot of Christians are very carnal. Carnality, turn people away from God. Don't give glory to God. The Bible says that if you live in a carnal life, you will bring yourself to death. But spiritual life, a walking in the spirit, will bring your life to life. How many people want life here? Let me ask this question: How many people love Jesus enough to die to self, to deny your own flesh, anger, selfishness, bitterness, everything that is of the flesh, unforgiveness, pride, all these things? You. Push the flesh down, the sinful nature down, so that God will get the glory to you. How much do you love God? You know, sometimes Pastor Dan and I heard some bad news about us. But we have to push the flesh down and don't get stay angry. And we just calm down and live in the spirit. Amen? Why? Because we want to give glory to Jesus Christ. Walking in the flesh is not good. So when you fast, you learn how to push the flesh down. You know, the flesh will say to you, I want food right now. But you say, be quiet. Now just sit still and pray to God. You learn how to push the flesh down. Because if you always yield to the flesh, if you always surrender to the flesh and please the flesh, what happened? The flesh will rule over you. The flesh will reign over you. And you're gonna walk in the flesh all the time, even though you speak in tongues. Our church does not emphasize manifestation. Our church emphasizes change to be like Jesus Christ. Amen. If you come out here and be prayed for and you fall under the power of you get up and you still walk in the flesh, the Lord will not accept that. Amen. It's about walking in the spirit. It's about living a holy life and pleasing to God. Amen? Amen. So I want to be clear that it's about pushing the flesh down. And this is what's happening. The more you please the flesh, the more you will be aware of the flesh. And the more you're going to be sensitive to the flesh. But if you try to please the Holy Spirit, you push the flesh down, the more you're going to be aware of God. And the more you're going to be aware of the Spirit of the living God and follow God. We make decisions in our life every day. Look at what the Bible say in Ephesians 4, 19. Who being past feeling have given themselves over to lewdness, to work of all uncleanness and greediness. The Bible say giving themselves. We choose every day. Are we going to give ourselves to play and to fleshiness? or we're going to give ourselves to prayer and fasting. A lot of people give themselves to playing and fleshiness, to the sinful nature all the time. They just want to please their flesh all the time. That's why fasting and prayer is regular practice for Christians to learn how to kill the flesh, crucify the flesh, and say to the flesh that you are not my God, you are not my ruler, you are not my king, Jesus is my king. I'm going to die to my flesh. Philippians chapter 3, verse 19 say, whose end is destruction? Who has destruction at the end? Whose God is that belly? And whose glory is in that shame? Who set their mind on earthly things? If you are a carnal Christian, you're going to follow the belly all the time. Whatever the belly tells you to do, you're going to do. Whatever your flesh tells you to do, you will do it. And that will lead you to destruction. If the belly tell you, jump, are you going to jump? If the belly tell you, I'm going to eat right now, are you going to eat right now? Fasting is the way to control the flesh. When the belly say, hungry, and you say, belly, stop, I'm going to pray. I'm going to seek God. Amen? Amen. We all are still living in the flesh. And the flesh will talk to you all day long. How many people agree with that? The flesh talk to you all day long. Eat now. I need to eat right now. I need to sleep right now. I need to get angry. I need to yell right now. I need to give sarcastic word to my wife right now. Yesterday we learned about being husband. Don't say sarcastic word to our wife. My flesh tell me, do this right now. Reject right now. Email right now. Blast the email to, to blame him right now or to attack somebody right now. That is the flesh. And a lot of time the flesh will talk to us to do something. You need to say, flesh, stop. <laughs> the belly, stop. Don't walk in carnality. The more you walk in the flesh and you please the flesh, the more you're going to be dull to the Holy Spirit. My dear brothers and sister, I don't want to build a church of carnality. My cry to God every day for all of you, you know that I pray for you a lot. Pastor Diane and I sometimes cry in the house. When we heard uh, the story of the flesh in the church, when people walk in the flesh, we cry and we say, God, please do something that people will stop walking in the flesh, will stop walking in carnality, but they will walk in the spirit. They will be sensitive to the spirit. Amen? If you come to me and you say, Pastor, I c- could not wake up in the morning to come to church at 10 a.m. I, I think I have a demon, a slumber, demon of sleeping. Before I say to you, I'm going to cast out demons out of you, I'm going to ask this question. Will you control your flesh to go to bed at around not more than midnight on Saturday night so that you can wake up on Sunday morning? You know, a lot of times we blame demons. We blame the devil. But the problem is our own flesh. That we don't control our flesh. Fasting should be a regular exercise on a weekly basis to die to the flesh. Amen? Amen. This is a sign of the flesh. How many people have seen babies? What the babies do? Immature baby. Cry. What else? Why? Make a fuss. When the baby won't drink, wants milk, and the milk doesn't come to the mouth right away, what does the baby do? "Ah! Ah! Ah!" A lot of Christians are crying babies. If they don't get what they want now, they're going to make a fuss, they cry, they make noise, they complain, and they quit. And that is a sign of lacking faith. I remember a long time ago, when the church started about more than 15 years ago. I was not a good pastor. The service was so dry, we did not have the Holy Spirit in the church. And Mary Jo came to me and talked to me many times. Pastor, I think our church is too dry. We need the Holy Spirit. I said, I don't understand what you're talking about. I continue my way. Mary Jo, thank God she did not quit. She did not cry. She did not complain. She have faith that one day, if I pray for my pastor, he will be changed. Amen. Mary Joe pray. <laughs> she prayed for me. Five years later, I got touched by the Holy Spirit. And the church changed. The same thing applies to your wife. Men, if you see your wife do something you don't like, don't yell at her. Don't make a fuss. Don't put, say sarcastic thing. Don't slap on her face. That is the flesh. What do you do? You trust God. Your God is a big God. If you pray for her and love her, she will be changed. Is that right? You die to your flesh. Don't use your flesh to have a big muscle. You know, if you don't listen to me, <laughs> that is the flesh. That's why we need to fast. I want to see all the men in this church fast more. Stop being whining babies. You know, sometimes instead of walking in love, you know the Bible emphasizes growing in love and growing in faith. Everyone say love. love. Faith. faith. Every day when you walk in your life, you ask yourself this question. Every single minute, whatever you make decision you're going to make, am I walking in love? Two, am I walking by faith? You ask this question. A lot of time, we end up making something that we do as our idols. And will we worship that idol instead of, you know, for example, if I have a ministry of preaching, I will care about preaching so much that I don't care about people in the church anymore. But actually, my preaching today is not about my preaching. My preaching today is about love and faith. That I love you and I have faith for you that you will grow. I don't worship this paper to be my idols. And when you start to worship that, you worship your vision, you worship your goal, you worship all this, and you know what you're going to do? You're going to treat other people bad because you don't love them anymore and you don't walk by faith anymore. That's why that flesh, I want to show that I can do it. I want to show that I'm great, make you, walk in the flesh and start to hate people and and don't like people around you and start to say sarcastic things. And this is very dangerous. Don't let the devil do that to you. I want to beg you fast and pray and die to the flesh. Learn how to put the flesh under. Let me show you a few scriptures I read a while ago. Mark chapter 9 verses 14 to 29, talking about they could not cast out demons. And Jesus said, if you want to cast this kind, you need to fast and pray. You remember? You need to fast and pray. And look at why Jesus commanded to fast and pray. In Mark chapter 9, 33 to 34, a few verses later. Then he came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked them, what was it you disputed among yourself on the road? But they kept silent, for on the road, they had disputed among themselves who would be the greatest. You can see here, these disciples who followed with Jesus were walking in the flesh. They argued about the kingdom of God. They thought that Jesus was going to become the king who ruled over the Roman Empire one day. So they all want to be a prime minister. They want to be the general who Jesus is going to set up to be a general in the army and they're fighting. I want to be a kakub leader. I want to be a unit leader. I want to be a pastor. I want to be the head of the worship team. Me, I prove that I can do it. Listen to me. Like this. What is that? The flesh. Is that right? Me, 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 me. Instead of, what can I do to bless you? The focus is not on my flesh. But the focus is on people around me. How can I show love to you? How can I help you to grow? So be careful if you walk in the flesh. You're going to start to think about me all the time. Oh, they are not sensitive to me. No, they don't understand me. When are going to get the position in the church? Me, 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 me. I know that this sermon is so popular. I, I know you like this sermon. But I need to speak the truth. I can see your eyes, you like it so much. But this is a problem in the church today. It's about me. Jesus did not think about me. Jesus left heaven and came down to the earth to mingle with people that actually he cannot get along with in the natural because he's holy God. But he has to mingle with sinners. I tell you the truth. I talked to Pastor Da last night. If I can choose by my flesh, I will go home and minister to Thai people because it's much easier for me to pastor Thai people than to pastor international church. Japanese, Korean, Hong Kong, Chinese, Americans. Oh, I tell you, Sometimes you feel out of place because you don't look alike here. We don't look alike. We eat different food. But you know what? I need to be like Christ. I need to be able to love people. I feel like I am a missionary. You know, when you come to this church and sometimes you go to certain care group and you feel like you're out of place, think this way. I am a missionary. It's not about me. It's about them. If you go to a care and you go to church, it's always about me. What can they do for me? That is the flesh. But you walk in there and you say, what can I do for them? I am a missionary in this house. I am a missionary. Amen. Amen? Yeah. You go to the place that they need you, not go to the place that you need them. That's why I pioneer. Yesterday, I told one brother in the church, I say that I don't want to go back to school anymore. I don't want to go and do the entrance examination everything, but one thing I can do again in my life, I can do again is to pioneer a new church somewhere else. You know why? Because I love to be a missionary, to mingle with people and people that I don't know before. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Because it's not about me, but it's about people around me. That is the Spirit of God. Amen. These fellows need to fast and pray. Because they really walk in the flesh. In Psalm chapter 35, verse 13, last thing I want to say, the next two minutes. But as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. I humbled myself with fasting, and my prayer would return to my own heart. Whenever you feel that you are so important, the church cannot survive without me. Whenever you start to feel that, look at me, I'm a great guy. Or on the opposite direction, whenever you start to feel that, oh, no one cares about me, that is a time that you need to fast, put your nose on the carpet, humble yourself and pray, God, I am nothing. Everyone say, humble myself. Fasting and prayer is the way to humble yourself before God. Because when your stomach starts to cry, you know right away, you are so weak. Without God, you cannot do anything. The reason you can be a care group leader, the reason you can be a pastor, the reason you can be preaching, the reason you know all the computer and try to do all these things, all this ability comes from God. It's not from you. God gives you all this ability. You humble yourself and say, God, I need to say to you, I'm nothing, but you are everything. Amen. Be hungry without food in the stomach. Humble you so that you can humble yourself and depend on God. Jesus said this kind. When Jesus said this kind, it means that this kind is a great miracle. It may be a person is demon possessed. It may be a broken relationship between you and your wife. It may be Big debt that you need to pay off because you make financial mistake. It may be cancer of your father, of your mother. And there's no way the cancer is going to go away by medical treatment. But you need to fast and pray for this kind. My dear brother, sister, fast and pray so that you can spend time with God. Two, fast and pray to say no to your flesh. Number three, you fast and pray so that you can humble yourself and depend on God, and God going to come to take care of this kind for you. Amen. The kind that the regular carnal Christian cannot have enough faith to handle it. But only people who walk in the Spirit, sensitive to the Spirit, and walk with God in the Spirit can handle those kinds. Amen? Amen? Yes. I want to encourage all of you, maybe if you are not good at fasting and prayer, maybe fast one meal a week first. Maybe one lunch. Maybe fast two meals a week. Maybe two days a week, but one meal a day. Try that and learn how to be hungry. Learn how to stop the desire of your belly and see what happens. And die to the flesh. Everyone say, I don't want to be a carnal Christian. I want to be a spiritual Christian. Amen. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for your word today. We thank you for reminding us, correcting us, admonishing us, Lord, rebuking us, helping us to grow that we will not stay the same, Lord. Lord, we bless you. We ask you, Lord, to help us to practice what we learned today. May your Holy Spirit help us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: We trust this message has ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching series, please contact us at 206-275-1042 or visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.org. You may also write to us at the following address. New Hope International Church, 9170 Southeast 64th Street, mercer island washington 98040 thank you very much